ever talk to the wall? Is there anybody out there who, like, talks to your dog or to your, like, parrot? <laughs> or to, like, uh, you know, some inanimate object? Because certainly the response has got to be a million times better than speaking to Screw Ann, <laughs> our sales manager. But anyway, we don't want to dwell on that, do we? Do we want to? Uh... Uh -huh. <laughs> do we want to dwell on that for like four hours today? Uh -huh. Oh my God, this place! Woo! Oh, I'll tell you one thing. At least the audio, you can understand what we're saying. I'm never going to mention this again. I just mentioned this in passing only one time last night. Just not really watching to see the show, whatever they put together on that whammy abortion, but just to see if it was actually on. Since evidently the night before they had some kind of a uh, infomercial or fundraiser or who knows what it was. And they don't bother telling us about that. So last night, sure enough, 10.30 comes and they're on uh, Channel 69 on Whammy. There was the show. There was my puss. My, uh, what is it? Pasty? No, not pasty. What is it? Pukey. My pukey puss. And, uh, you know, and, and sure enough, it starts out, the following program, you know, I mean, after hearing perfectly normal audio on the preceding program, Sports the Direct, and uh, the uh, promo in the middle or whatever, and there comes uh, the pukey Neil. And, and again, I cranked the volume way up, and here's this gigantic hum job that even Monica would have been impressed with. And uh, the bottom line is that under no circumstances can the people over there at that television station... There are other programming, whether it's good, bad, and different, you like it, you hate it. The other programs, there's no problem with the audio, including those old episodes of MASH. They're all washed out, and you can barely see those old black and white monsters episodes. At least you hear the audio. Video may not be too good, but now don't get picky, okay, just because it's television. But for some strange reason, unbeknownst to me, for months now, they just can't get the audio. So the, let me just say this. If there is actually anybody who has been watching that, that's a major miracle. That's probably one of the greatest accomplishments of my lifetime is that there really were people who watched. Because for some, I, I, I think it might have something to do with this town. I could be wrong about that. I think a high school TV station in Batavia, New York, could probably produce and put together something of better technical quality than they're putting on Whammy, where we get the double Whammy. Number one, nobody's watching the station, and number two, when they do, do finally put the thing on here, turn that volume way up, and the louder you turn it up, the louder the hum job is. That should be part of the promos. We should have billboards up all over town. Watch Neil Rogers, watch Pukey Neil on Whammy, a free hum job with every show. What's wrong with that? Oh! There you go. Not bad. So like I said, I'm not going to mention it again because I don't even watch the thing anymore, and I'm sure nobody else does either, but I was just checking, just checking to see if they showed it last night, and boy, was that a bad move on my part. Because the embarrassment and humiliation level is uh, astronomical, it's just off the Richter scale. Speaking of Richter scale, so last night I'm watching the uh, Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game on ESPN, which I'm sure maybe a half a dozen of you did also. And I'm watching the puck bouncing around, a writer with the Sun Sentinel. I love this about our local newspapers. They've got guys who are kind of like mix and match. Remember Pat Curry? She was the religion writer. She was the radio writer. You know, whatever uh, they need to do this week. They wear a lot of different uh, hats and depends. So it all depends on uh, whoever is handy to write a column, even though they know nothing about it. So Ira Winderman writes the hockey column in the Sun Sentinel today, who's the NBA writer, but there ain't no NBA. And Dave Gagne does this, and he's going to be on this line. So anyway, it says the quality of the ice left Murray, Terry Murray, annoyed after the workout at the National Car Rental Yenda Center yesterday. That was a joke out there today, he said, with the building incredibly warm. The fog is there, condensation, water falling off the clock. This is a brand-new building. 
and the ice absolutely blows. This is one more part of the ambiance that we have with all these new arenas that they've built. And when I got my last grand tour of the building there before they opened, I, I looked in that refrigeration room, and it looked vivid and massive, man. It looked beautiful. The ice is that it's going to make. It looked very impressive. Just like the arena itself looks very impressive when you go in there, and then you realize all the, the, the problems that exist, like the crappy audio system, et cetera, and so on. Event, can't hear the national anthem. You can't hear the PA audio. Real problem. Turn on your TV station. Mm, yeah, audio is a real problem. But again, like I said before, maybe it's here. Maybe it's just, maybe after all these years, it's finally sinking in. I'm finally beginning to understand where I am. Because especially after the devastating meeting that I just had with our sales manager, <laughs> screw in. I mean, I, you know, I, I should understand where I am. And like I said to her, let's just run. I, I think what we ought to do is have a new format. Let's run about 45, 50 minutes of spots every hour. And we'll seriously call it All Spots Radio. I mean, that's been done before. That wouldn't be original. There have been people that tried that. They didn't last too long. But there have been stations in America that have tried that. All commercials all day. And that's all you have on there. Kind of like uh, Mr. Ego's show. Where he runs like ten taped spots all the way. Oh, this is cool. cool. Yeah, they're like muffled in various levels of audibility. But that fits right in, I'm discovering. Because the worse the audio is, the uh, the better the audience likes it, I guess. Or maybe management likes it better that way. So we'll run like 45 minutes of spots, and then like every few minutes I'll come on, maybe we'll take a call. Like if anybody would call under those circumstances. We'll just do screenless on those days, you know. And punch up an occasional call, and I'll make a few comments about this, and then we'll go into another break. All spots radio. I think I think we finally got the wiener here. Oh! But hey, let's talk about those gators, huh? That's what we're going to talk about today, aren't we? No. About those gators and Seminoles? No. And overgrown children who refuse to grow up? No. Ten minutes after ten. It's Dave in Miami town at 560 WQAM. From the people who brought you the only network for kids comes a brand new network for adults. Nippelodeon. Nip, 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 Nippelodeon. Nippelodeon brings you quality adult programming like Clarissa Shaves All and Rugburns and programs for the alternative lifestyler. Shows like Two Angry Gerbils and My Brother in Me. Not to mention blockbuster movies like Three Men on a Little Lady. Call your cable company today and tell them you want Nippelodeon. It's the only channel exclusively for adults. Nip, 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 yeah. Oh, there it is. A little, a little bit loose on there, Brian. 1015 at 560 WQAM. Rocker pleads not guilty to child sex charges. Oh! 70s glam rocker Gary Glitter appeared in a U.K. courtroom on Thursday in Yate, England, pleading not guilty to a variety of child sex charges. Oh! The charge was, charge was actually entered by an attorney for Glitter, whose real name is Paul Gadd, who spoke only to confirm his name and London address. The hearing was being held to determine whether sufficient evidence exists to actually put glitter on trial. All that glitters is not that old. 
In May, the Associated Press reported that the singer had been accused of four counts of indecent assault and one charge of sexual assault on two girls. One charge stems from a 1976 incident, and the other is from incidents that occurred between 1980 and 1983. In addition, Glitter has been charged with 51 counts of taking indecent photographs of children, as well as 50 counts of processing such images on a computer. The charges were filed in November of 1997, after a computer store discovered the images on a hard drive of a computer the rocker sent in for repair and alerted authorities. Police then searched Glitter's residence, seizing videos and photographs throughout the incident... Glitter has maintained his innocence. Glitter has sold more than 18 million records during his career, scoring a huge international hit in 1972 with the beat-heavy Rock and Roll Part 2, the only lyric in which is the word, Hey, repeated numerous times. The rousing anthem is still played at sporting events across the globe. Glitter, charged with 101 offenses associated with taking and possessing indecent photographs, was arrested last year as he returned from a holiday in Cuba. All right. They just keep playing that sooner or later. They, uh, they decide they're having a really good time. Even though the ice is crappy at the hockey games and the guys can't skate and the puck is bouncing around like a rubber ball, don't confuse people with the facts. Just... Just glitz it up a lot. Just glitter it up a lot. That's right. That's where the name came from. That's where the word glitz came from. You play enough Gary Glitter. Right. Everybody's convinced we're having a hell of a great time. We're all fired off and pissed off, et cetera, and so on. Here's Delray Beach. Hello. Okay, there was, there was a medley of our call. That was our first and only call of the day in Delray Beach, and they waited five minutes and 48 seconds, and just as I got to them there, just as it was the moment of truth, to unload their important information, whatever it was, to communicate with the host. At that point, went like that. Did you see that? Five minutes and 48 seconds. And we're paying for the call, too, by the way. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the mobile one line. Speaking of the Panthers, by the way, since we have absolutely no interest in that as a team, but the uh, stockholders out there may be getting a little bit disconcerted uh, about it. Panthers may spin off team focused to be on hotel properties. And in the business section today, there's a big article. It likely will spin off the hockey team into its own company within two years. Now, keep in mind that the people who bought the Florida Panthers stock in the first place, many of you suckers out there, bought it because it was, you know, you wanted a little piece of the team. It was like, uh, what for whatever reason. It made you feel like you were like a little minority owner of the hockey team. And now he's spinning it off because naturally they bought up all these hotels. And the hotel business ain't quite going his way either. Neither is anything else. Like Republic Industries in the old crapper. That's right. In fact, Florida, uh, Florida Panthers, the stock is also in the old crapper. Shares closed at $10.13 yesterday, down 25 cents after hitting a 52-week high of 22.88 in March. In fact, didn't it open at about uh, 9 or 10 bucks? And then it went up to like 30 very briefly, and then all of a sudden it went the tank. It's 52-week low being $7.13 on October 9th. And so while Bill Torrey was there, and I guess some of the people there giving these uh, stockholders that showed up some free food, some hors d'oeuvres, a bunch of a BS, Huizinga fielded about a dozen questions from shareholders, it says. Among them, why are there no French fries at the arena club level? Yeah! Now we're talking. Now we're getting to the meat of the matter. These are the kinds of things that people who invest in stocks, that's what they want to know. How come there's no goddamn French fries at the arena club level in the brand new Macarena, Mr. Baldy? 
And was Huizenga involved in the firing of former Panthers coach Doug McClain? As if we don't already know the answer to that, but of course, as usual, Wayne lied about that, said he had nothing to do with it. And that it was just uh, more inaccurate information from the news media that we're always causing trouble and making stuff up. But as for the French fries, he's going to look into it. <laughs> so if you bought Florida Panthers holdings, assuming that it had something to do with the hockey team, guess again. And remember those hotels that were involved in this? That the uh, Wayne and his buddies, his partners, made all that extra money off the sale of those hotels? But anyway, we don't want to get into that because a lot of money was stuffed into individuals' pockets, including Wayne and uh, you poor stockholders out there. You're stuck with like, uh, what is it now, 10 bucks a share? Hey, listen, it's going to get a lot worse, just like Republic. Republic Industries, you poor bastards out there that spent like real honest-to-God money and didn't get out before went into the tank, which I noticed it's about, what, 17 bucks now? Not too good. Here's a mobile in Lantana. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing, Neil? Okay. Hey, uh, this is uh, Cole from Lantana. Yeah. I always just want to let you know that all the drivers are Airborne Express. I know you don't like Airborne Express. I'm West Palm Beach listening to you. Yeah. What now, do you, how mean, you doing, what though? What do you mean I don't like Airborne Express? Why the hell did I say that? Oh, that's right. They're 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 yeah, that's like right. Yeah, they, their service is really bad, but their drivers might be okay. But they're still. Yeah, we all, we all listen to you. We all like you, but down here, so I just want to let you know that we like your. Like I said, Airborne Express is a god. All right, see you okay. later. Okay, see. You. They suck. Now their service is really very poor, but hey, that's the way it goes. FedEx beats them, uh, you know, up one side and down the other. Five six seven oh five sixty. I was thinking when I came in this morning, and this was even before Screwan came down here. And I got hysterical at about three minutes before the hour ended, and George had to come in here and close the door and uh, look at me like hoping that I wasn't going into a catatonic state like Florida. And I was thinking, uh, you know, what's wrong with playing music every day in between the spots, huh? Neil, his music, and his spots. Yeah, because then it, take, it takes the pressure off the callers. I mean, I understand it's a lot of pressure, and you get really tired of me nudging. It's like my mother, you know. Got a heart of gold. She means well, but she's a nudge. And nobody likes being nudgy too much. It gets to be very annoying. And when you have basically nothing to say and you're not interested in any of the things that I'm talking about, why should you have to put up with me nudging you all the time to make phone calls where we can sit here, play a lot of spots, play a little bit of music, just kind of sit back and relax, get that blood pressure down? Life is too short to get all bent out of shape about this joint. I mean, you, you know, that TV thing. I, I, I was thinking coming to work this morning, that's a bad thing to do, start thinking about all those people who were involved in putting that show together. Now, I'm not saying they're bad people now that they're gone. I'm not going to badmouth them that they're out of here too much. But wouldn't you think that if you were involved, if that was your job, and you had any pride, forgetting about the fact that it was my uh, pukey puss that was there on the shore every night, but that you would, like, be concerned about the fact that the people over there on Lincoln Road couldn't put that on the air and get at least the audio right? Do you know what I'm saying? you follow what I'm saying? All those people that were running around here eating the free food for five and a half months, wouldn't you think that one of them at least would have been concerned enough to say, uh, hey, what gives with this crap? We're going to come over there and hold your hand for the half hour tonight and uh, sit and watch what you're doing because uh, somebody over there is screwing it up or sabotaging it or both of the above. Did it ever reach that point? No. Was there ever uh, that kind of concern or involvement? No. Of course not. See, that's where I'm missing the boat. I think I could use some good advice from the audience here today. I need to be brought back into the real world, and I just have a... I'll confess, it's my biggest weakness in life. I have a very, very difficult time in, in striving for mediocrity. I, I just, no, seriously, I just have a tough time doing that. And I've, if the people at Borders, for example, don't want to cooperate with us, if we've got to send our people out there to shake them down for the money that you're donating to Center One and buying our best of Vanille stuff, if we've got to do that, if they don't care about it, then what the hell am I going to do? 
I can't. I don't have the time physically or the ability to run around to all the eight stores from Boca and Boynton Beach up there all the way down to Kendall and shake people down. I don't even know who the hell to talk to and say, hey, you've got money that this charity needs to do their work to help these people. Any more than I can make Greg Reed smart. I just can't do that. He doesn't get it. He doesn't come close to getting it. These hours here, like I said yesterday, and I'll say it again and again until it gets to be really ponderous, which it probably already is, but I'm going to keep repeating it. We're like, we're like an invasion here. We're like out of uh, fish out of water. We're not going to sit here and talk to a bunch of silly people that want to argue about the gators and the Seminoles and who's got the biggest penis and all this other bull crap. Who cares? That's baby crap. That's kid crap. So we're like totally out of place. But the only thing we ever said was give us a little something. Like when we go out on these appearances, give us uh, some station promotional material. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, come on. Now, George is laughing hysterically. <laughs> He's on the floor. He's <laughs> like some bumper stickers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Like maybe some uh, QAM buttons or something. You know, you know, something that I didn't pay for out of my own pocket. Something that indicates that the radio station is really involved with any arrival show. That they're like, uh, you know, right behind it. And want to try to, uh, you know, at least put on an, an act in a show that says we really give a crap. We want to uh, put our best feet forward out there. Yeah. I just inhaled a big hunk of feta cheese. Yeah. Well, good enough. There you go. God, well, you're being punished by... Oh, God! That's right. And I have to somehow... I mean, maybe some of you can uh, can tell me. I, I have a great story, and I did, I'm reluctant to tell it. I'm reluctant to tell it because it's about a place that's not a sponsor anymore. It was once upon a time, but the agency bitch hates me like poison. I did a great job for them, by the way. Do I dare tell the story from two days ago? It, it, it's so incredible. And I don't want to offend my close personal friend who's the manager over at this particular establishment. I don't want to say it's my bank. But, I mean, it, it, it is so astonishing. I'm going to, we'll do the break and I'll think about whether I want to tell the story or not. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not hallucinating. For example, screw Ann when she was down here before our sales manager. I pointed out to her uh, that I have a piece of copy for a client here that is older than Methuselah's grandmother. And I pulled a copy of the. She says, well, the, the, uh, the sales hole told me that uh, there's been new copy put in there since then. Everything that I say is a lie. Just keep that in mind, okay? Because I'm a troublemaker. I'm a bad guy. We all do that. And so I picked a folder out of our hanging folder file here to my right. And I opened it up to show her there's nothing else in here, sweetheart. That's it. What you, you see is what you get rhymes with something that rhymes with get. What is it? I think you pulled it out and hit it. Yeah, I pulled it out. That's when she went running out of here. Must have good eyesight, that bitch. Anyway, it's ten to here. I go again. I'm talking on the one hand about not doing this, and I'm getting myself all worked up into a frenzy and psychotic and hysterical about, uh, <laughs> about things that I have no control over. Because I'm a bad guy, let's face it. I admit it. I'm a bad, I'm a son of a bitch. 10 The QAM. A lot of big. Rogers on Sports Hole Radio. WQAM. For today's breaking wind news, we go to the WWF. World Wrestling Federation. Let me say something, Sting. You know, I may be the United States champion, but I'm going to set everything aside. I'm not going to wait for a challenge from you. I'm going to issue a challenge right here, right now. 
And if you people don't like it... And that's today's breaking wind news. 1032 at 560 WQM. I to say a special good morning to our close personal friends at Marco Marine International. But it doesn't say F. I mean, it's got the whole word. F. Uniel has got a, uh, a finger. They actually stuck their finger on a fax machine. A beautiful job of giving me the uh, finger right on the fax. And all time first, let's hear it oh! for our friends at Marco International Marine or whatever the hell it is. And back at you, too, by the way. So when you hear this story now... This is so astonishing. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm making a lot out of it. I just found it to be unacceptable and grotesque. Monday, I go to the post office, and of course, I've been on vacation for uh, nine or ten days, and I pick up what amounts to a... They give me one of those, um, from the post office, one of those big uh, mail carrier things, one of those plastic trays, because there was that much mail. So I take home my mail, and I'm going through it Monday afternoon, and I find in there... One of those notices from the bank. You know the kind of notice I'm talking about? It's always a real thin uh, envelope. Like the overdrawn kind of Right, notice. that kind of a thing. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? And I open it up, and it says in there, you have uh, resulted a, a check written for the amount of uh, $12,000 some odd uh, dollars. Was, uh, it was paid, but it was uh, not sufficient funds. And your account is minus $9,600, whatever the hell it was. Some, some ridiculous thing on my business account. So I look in my checkbook, and I, I see that, sure enough, on November 3rd, 4th, whatever the day before I went on vacation, I made a deposit, which I do this all the time. I deposit uh, one amount, and then I write myself to my personal account a check for uh, a similar amount or a little bit less, whatever it was. But there's no way that could be overdraft because it, uh, it was all done at the same time. So I thought, well, what the hell is this all about? I better call my good friend Matt over at the bank and find out, because Matt takes very good care of me. He's a great guy. This has no end, and this has got nothing to do with him, because he wasn't there that day. So I look on the notice, and I see the number of the bank, so I don't even have to look it up. I dial the number, and it rings and rings. This is 3.30 in the afternoon, okay? I'm okay. And finally, a voice. A dark-complected male voice. Is there such a thing as a dark-complected voice? Uh -huh. You know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'd be talking about? That kind of a voice. The security guard answers the phone. Hello? This is my bank. I said, uh, yeah, is, uh... See, you're laughing already. This is... No, seriously, this is the best part. This is doing business in Florida again. And I said, uh, can I speak to Matt, please? Uh, is Matt there? Uh, uh, I, I think she's here. I got news for her. Matt ain't no she, okay? Believe me when I tell you that. Matt is no she. He's a real man's man. That's what his new wife says anyway. And I thought, that's kind of peculiar. Now, I get put on hold for a couple of seconds, and on comes a female voice, dark-complected, and she says, Hello? I said, is this, is this the bank? Is this Republic Security... Uh, and there's like kind of a twisting and gnashing and, and all of a sudden I hear that sound. Keep in mind, I have just called my bank. Not Joe's plumbing store where maybe they're having a, a gangbang in the back room or something. I just called my bank. The security guard answered the phone. And then some other voice, some faceless voice comes on there, and she says, uh, hello. And when I asked, was like uh, this, and believe me when I tell you, this was the place. 
because when I dialed the number again, she answered this time, the faceless voice. And I tried explaining. I said, first of all, is Matt there? Oh, he's not here today. He's out getting his car fixed, whatever it is. And I try. I explained to her what the problem was, and she kind of looked it up and uh, sat there and like, well, uh, I don't know. Should I? You want to call me back? You should I call you back? Uh... It was the most unacceptable, the most bizarre, the most peculiar trans. I don't know what. It wasn't a transaction, but just a communication I've ever had in my life. I can't think of any phone call, even the most bizarre weirdos we've ever had, which we have every day of my life on the show. I can't think of any call that was even in the same league with this. Because we expect it from these people. But when you call a business establishment, especially a bank where you're, like, your money is in there, folks, okay? Your money is in there. And the security guard answers, and it's like, uh, well, is this the bank? Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, like that. So that was my experience on Monday doing business in South Florida. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm out of line. I'm in the wrong... If I want to go, like, to a real living and breathing place, that's fine. Then you can expect real living and breathing business to be done. But when you're in Florida, the rules are different here. I remember years ago when they had that bumper sticker campaign, the rules are different here. And God only knows there was truth in packaging with that thing. Because they sure as hell are. The security guard answers the phone. Is Matt there? Uh, I see she's here. She? Maybe the reason Matt wasn't there because he was out for a sex change operation. Maybe that's what was going on Monday. I don't think so. God. Here's uh, Miami. Hello. Miami. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Okay, I just want to ask you two quick questions here real fast. Uh, you were talking about cigars from Nick's the other day, and the one you said was the uh, best one you ever had. What was the name of that? Perdomo Reserve. Perdomo, which I don't think they have any right now. but Perdomo. Uh, Perdomo. Perdomo. Uh, Revere? Perdomo. Re Revere, yeah, like Paul Revere. Uh, and real quick, I know you're a godfather of Fluxionado and an authority uh, on the subject, yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched these two movies, Godfather 1 and 2, last night mm -hmm. for about the 50th time, and something's mm -hmm. bugging the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, little Frankie, what was his last name? Prangelo or Prangelo, whatever it was? Frankie Pentangeli, Five Angels, Pentangeli. That's WAP for Five Angels. How many times did he get killed in that movie? They drug him to the phone booth one time and cut his cannonies. Yeah. And then he cut his wrist with the... Yeah, okay, well, listen, I think you're, you qualify enough with a phony accent to be in the uh, Godfather 4. I think you qualify. Keep working on it. Like I said, I thought the call on Monday to the bank was strange, but now... Goes to show you. 5670560, pound 560 on the mobile one line. I think we can learn a lot from each other here in this town these next several months, these next several years. I really mean that. I think we can learn that uh, you just don't have this uh, attitude about uh, expecting things to be done in a professional way, in a, a reasonable way. Just slide your way through, baby. Fake your way through. They call, they call. If they don't call, they don't call. Just as long as we got a lot of business on there. That's all we care about. What the hell was Maddie doing down there, by the way? What was his story? Who? Matt. Oh, I'll tell you up here. Oh, okay. Uh, good news. Good news. Oh, great. Yes, sir? My low jack all done? He's working on it? What is he doing? He said yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're a gentleman, a scholar. Got my low jack in my new car. Now I'm all set to rock and roll. Oh! Now we're cooking. 
Hey, yo, this is Gino, and you may not believe it, but just a short time ago, and have your f***ing credit card ready. I mean it. Are you laughing at me? Is that what I'm here to do? 1045 at 560 WQAM. Here's a fax. This is last night. I watched a few minutes of your alleged show on Channel 69. Watched is the operative word since I couldn't hear anything except that goddamn hum. Mmm, that's it. After a minute or two, I shut it off out of pure frustration. Maddie Lesham and his crew really schooled, uh, screwed up a golden opportunity. The TV show could have been fantastic. It's too bad that ego, stupidity, and just plain incompetence sabotaged it. To add insult to injury, every time I flip through 69, they're either running that Herald show with the two old ladies for the 752nd time or MASH. You know what show they're talking about? Oh, yeah. That one. There's a dead body in the dumpster. Oh, yeah. That show. If I were to kill Aldo, Alan Alden now, it says I could call a justifiable homicide, and I would leave his body in the same dumpster where the old ladies live, oh! says James. Nice going, James. Right on target. Our set of one total is 61309 way along. I see in the Grove last week we did 60 bucks. That's three pieces of merchandise in the Grove. In Boynton Beach, we're still waiting to hear from, but I'm sure they did stellar last week. 61309, you can go to any of your eight borders all over South Florida and pick up your best of Neil CDs and cassettes. And this Saturday, noon to two, we'll be at the borders in Kendall, Kendall Drive and Dixie Highway. Is that going to be some turnout or? No. Hi, no, that's going to be gigantic down there, won't it? That'll be great. All our long lost friends down there in South Dade that we haven't seen in ages, they'll come up from Cutler Ridge, they'll come from South Miami, they'll come in from Sweetwater, they'll be from all over the place. Noon to two, this Saturday at borders in Kendall. Here's Davey, hello. Davey. Yes. Neil, God. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, you were talking about those nonstop Vegas trips yesterday. And about what? The, the nonstop Vegas trips. Oh, yeah, nonstop flights, yeah. Right. Uh, the name of the airline will be National Airlines. What do you mean, will be? Well, well what does that mean? It's a planned carrier. It's a planned carrier? Yes. And do they have planned planes and uh, planned airspace they're yeah, going to they be planned, flying in? They plan to get 757. Yeah. And guess who's the head? Of, who's going to be in charge? Wayne Hypinga. Well, close. It's going to be the head, the former head of America Worst. The former head of America Worst Airlines. Michael Conway. Yeah. And, and is gonna... he going to offer you the same luxury and comfort that they do on America Worst? Probably. Well, forget that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start up in early of '99. Alleged. Yeah. Uh huh. So, uh... Okay, well, thanks for the good news, okay? We have an open line of day one at Broward. Nines, okay? Just keep that in mind, just in case they ever do materialize. They're in the works. They're thinking about getting some planes. They're thinking about maybe flying somewhere. And uh, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, think about actually doing something someday. Call us back and let us know when it really happens, okay, sir? Thank you. Here's a mobile in Homestead. Hello. In Hillsborough, wherever it is. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Okay, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I was just calling, uh... Uh, first time caller to your show, and I just wanted to, uh, uh, let you know that, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he used to call your show, his name, uh, Prozac Ron or something like that. You remember him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty good guy, you know, he works at a McDonald's and just a heck of a nice guy. Uh-huh. He likes to, uh, uh, a real friendly sort. Yeah, too friendly. Too friendly? Yeah, too friendly and too, uh, too much uh, desperately in need of assistance, yes. <laughs> okay, have a great day, pal. Woo! Is that incredible or what? I take back what I said before about my call to the bank. This was a thousand times more shocking.
We have two open lines a day, two in Brown. Searching for intelligent life. Here's a lady mobile in Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Hi, Neil. Good morning. How are you? I, uh, I really don't know today, to be honest with you. I'm contemplating <laughs> well, you... a whole change in my life. Well, we must be uh, dealing with the same branch because uh, I had an experience with Republic Security Bank yesterday. I went into the bank, and uh, while I was making a deposit, they told me that my balance was uh, significantly higher, and uh, I, I run a small family business, and I had written a check from my business account to my personal account. Right. And they had told me that uh, the endorsement on the check was incorrect, and they there's two different banks I'm dealing with. So they said they, tur they, they sent the check back, and they didn't pay it. So I wrote another check after I had triple confirmed with them saying, you know, you're sure that you didn't pay it, you're not going to pay it, it's right. going to be sent back. Anyways, this morning I get a phone call from the branch manager, by the way, your account's overdrawn, you wrote two checks for the same amount. Mm. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I was there just yesterday, you told me there's no way in hell you're going to pay it because of the endorsement problem. Right. Now you're telling me, they're like, oh, okay, we're, we're sorry, we're sorry, yo. We'll, we'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, what kind of crap is that? Yeah, but well, Lee, now, now let me ask you, when you went there yesterday, did you talk to the security guard to get this straightened out for him? Because <laughs> he's answering, no, seriously, he answered the phone on Monday. <laughs> the security guard, the phone is ringing and ringing. I'm thinking, what, what are they, I, I really was thinking that they must be having a hold up over there. I was ready to call the cops. Are you talking about the one at the Sawgrass? I just, I might be. Yeah, no, and I hate—I hate to do it because they've been very nice to me. But I mean, that experience I had on Monday—that besides the fact that they screwed up my account for whatever reason, which I made both deposits at the same time, there's no way that there could have been insufficient funds. But uh, setting that aside, you know, mistakes can happen. But calling your bank and having the security guard answer, and then having some broad come on here who's like incoherent, and then slamming the phone down—I mean, uh, and then she comes back on, and the, the conversation I had with her was incoherent at best. Unsatisfactory. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd share that with you because well, you were r right on the button this don't, morning. Don't do it again. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you. God. Open line of day two and brow line. It's only our money that they're dealing with. I mean, what are we getting up uptight about? Like I said before, just go with the flow, baby. Go with the flow. Here's South Miami. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, I wrote a book that you might find uh, funny finished it uh, a day ago. Uh -huh. It is a book about God and 13-year-olds set in the 14th century. It's a post postmodern fairy tale. Shall I go on, or is that enough? No, that's enough. Okay, we have an open line at day two in Broward, 567-0560, oh, pound 560 on a mobile one line. Here's South Miami. Hello. Hello, Neil, from yes. a California tourist. Yes, sir. Bad move, by the way. What time did you come here for? Well, we're only here for a week for the uh, film festival in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. But we took the rental car, and we punched up the uh, dials, and I got your dial. I tell you, we have had an absolute ball. Everything else is just a mess. Yeah. I mean, the traffic. Well, if you found this show, that's the only thing worth coming here for. I'm telling you, is there any way that we can pick you up in California through no. the Internet? No. Oh, on the Internet, yeah, I'm on the Internet. You do? Okay, I will make arrangements to do that and uh, pull you in. We also have a fellow by the name of Lee Rogers on 560 in San Francisco. Any relation? No. Okay. No, I was kin to Roy. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Any, uh, is, there, is there any way that we can get you to come to California? No. <laughs> and finally... I'll be honest with you. I'm considering uh, all options at this point in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm wide open to any uh, offers at well, this uh, moment. check out Santa Cruz and South San Francisco. I think you'd fall in love with it. I've, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing, the uh, you're talking I mean, about. I have actually. I know this is frightening, but I've actually been out of the county <laughs> recently. 
Well, we'd love to have you. No chance. Uh, you're a real talent. The yes, other I thing am. is uh, with your bank. Yeah. Um, this is just uh, the incipient stages of the Y2K problem. And, okay. Uh, well, listen. Have a great life. Okay, we got two open lines today, two in Broward. Every nut, every wacko in the world we're going to hear from today. I like it. This is something I can stink my teeth into, man, even better than my little stogie I'm uh, puffing on here because we can't get the real good stuff from Nick's. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the mobile one line. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hi. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. At least with your bank, you got to get someone that was a person, but I got a great word. I won't keep it long about what Miami is. The land of supertunity. Yeah. It's a new word I think you should apply to Miami, and I just okay, wanted well, to listen, let you know. Okay, when you get your show, I would be using that a lot on the air. We'll see how long it lasts. We have an open line at Broward, too, and then it ought to be a great day. Oh! I was so depressed. I was suicidal when I uh, came on the air at 10 o'clock. I wasn't really too pleased when I came in the building this morning, but then after that meeting with Screw Ann, which I uh, demanded, and there I go again. Well, see, you get what you ask for. You ask to talk to a bimbo, and what do you get? You get a bimbo. You get a, you get a bunch of pop, 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 pop. fucking bitch. That's what you get. Double talk. She is the only person I've ever known in my life, including my mother. I mean, my mother can be frustrating, but she's, she's got an excuse. She's 100 years old. She'll ask you the same question or tell you the same thing a thousand times because she forgot. She's got an excuse. She's 150 years old. But this bitch, I mean, this is abroad. I, have, I don't know what her story is because you, you talk to her and she just, it, every conversation with Screw Ann is the same thing. You just, she just keeps repeating the same thing round and round like a dog chasing its tail. And you come back to the beginning and you start all over again. It's like an endurance contest. And she always wins because she just wears you out. You just finally say, F it. Okay, screw it. Right. That's, there's a method to her madness. She just figures if she just stands there and keeps going like that long enough, you'll finally say, F it. Screw it already. Just get out of here. Man. She'd be the best, I'll tell you. In fact, she'd be great as a teller in my bank. She'd fit in like a glove. I mean, there are some very nice people, including my good friend Matt there at the bank. I'm sorry that I felt compelled to tell that story, but I just, you know, it just takes, sets you back. When you call your bank because they just sent you a notice, they made a mistake, and they sent you an overdraft notice, and you call the bank to try to get to the bottom of it and find out what the F is going on, and the security guard be answering the phone. And then when he was asking me about where the hell is the ribs and chicken that they ordered, then I really got pissed off. 1056 at 5 CQAM. The Neil Rogers Shutterdale. Baby, you melt my jockey short. It's 1102 at 560 WQM. We got Hank coming up from Shula State 2 at 2 o'clock. We got the uh, Boogster at 6, I believe, and then Ned Kaplan at 10. I didn't even look at the schedule because I guess uh, that's what we got. You know, that caller before that fruitcake that called from uh, the West Coast, I mean, I think he's uh, onto something, don't you? The fact that the security guard answered the phone at my bank on Monday. That is just the tip of the iceberg for the Y2K problem. Don't you think so? Isn't that what it's... Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, in fact, when we hit, when it gets to be midnight, December 31st, 1999, and that rolls over into the 21st century, at that point, you're going to be calling out, like, dominoes. And the security guard is going to be answering the phone at dominoes. 
In fact, a security guard might even deliver your goddamn pizza on January 1st, 2000. Don't, don't you think that there's a... Uh, uh -huh. I think he's onto it. Here's Miami. Hello. What's up, Neil? Not much, sir. Uh, what do you think about that Monica thing now? Don't she look like a big fat sap now after all that? Meaning what? Well, Meaning, well like, didn't she, she look, look pathetic like a, now? Didn't she look like a big fat sap before? She I... look even worse now, doesn't yes. she? Yes, yes. Another thing, you're about let fat cow Linda trip, doesn't she? I know, she looks like, she like, looks like oh, bitch? totally, totally. It looks so bad. Why are they? Why are they wasting our time with this? Totally. Anymore? Why don't people they are fascinated over? by the, the, the whole thing? They are. They just love it. They're eating it all up. I'm not. I don't ever want to hear about either one of them again. Anyway. You rock, dude. <laughs> Later. Okay. Right. Okay. Now we're down to one call on the board. See, th I'm going to explain to you what's going on in this radio. I try to explain to Screw Ann. I have tried desperately to explain to our program director, our general manager. George can give you his own first-hand experience from doing this show last week, even giving stuff away. Let me do the last call here, because why should they have to wait? Mobile and Homestead, hello. Neil? Yes, sir. I have the best bank story that'll make you poop your pants. Yeah, don't tell me the bank. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the bank. I switched from a very, very big branch to a local branch. Yeah. Okay, a smaller, a smaller bank, and uh, I went in there to the small bank to deposit my check. Okay, big check, they deposit it, no problem, your account's open, you're done. I, she said, well, we can't give you an ATM card for 30 days. I said, how the hell am I supposed to take money out of my account? 30 days? 30 days. She says, well, it's a new relationship, and we can't give you an ATM card for 30 days. Well, what do you mean it's a new relationship? Suppose you went in there and uh, cashed the, wrote a check out to cash the next day, they would cash it for you. Idiotic as it sounds, the same situation with the security guard. Yeah. And um, it's a small bank, uh, hint, hint, and uh, it just is the most stupid <laughs> thing. And it makes you want to say, you know what? You know these checks you just gave me? Here you go. I'm not going to even open the box. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay, good luck, pal. I love you, Neil. See you at the ATM. Oh, well, you can't have one of those for the next five or six months until we get to know you a little bit, until we find out you're not a deadbeat. Two open lines in Dade One and Broward. Five. See the problem. Well, I, see, once I get into it, I'm going to spend at least four or five hours on it, and Hank can take the day off. Because this phone thing we've got here in this place and this format that we've got, this is—they don't care. They do not care. They refuse to care, and they keep tossing numbers around: 16 minutes, 14 minutes, 17 minutes, 19 minutes. It doesn't make any difference to them. What it amounts to is that, see, back in the old days in IOD. We used to have a newscast at the top of each hour. Newscasts run five minutes, generally speaking, on most radio stations. It's just the way it is on AM stations. It's an old-fashioned kind of a thing. Every hour at the top of the hour, you'd have CBS News, NBC News, ABC News, local yokel news, some kind of a goddamn newscast. And the reason it was usually there is it was a spot carrier. In other words, the news was a sold thing. The news is brought to you by... Uh, Jaime Uncle Bank, the guy that, uh, what is, what this guy was just talking about, that bank. The news is brought to you by, and it's something to sell. The traffic is brought to you by, uh, Jaime Uncle, a department store, whatever. Well, all during the years uh, that I've been doing talk, it was one of those things that you would dread getting to the end of the hour, because when you finally worked through the hour and you got the phones, hopefully some response on there, and a few people lit up and going. And then the newscast would come, it would be like running, driving your car into a brick wall. Because then, like a little light bulb went off in the heads of these people who might wait while you're talking to people while the show is going on. But as soon as the newscast comes on, the, the, the little message comes out like, oh, geez, now I'm going to have to wait through that whole newscast. And then they got to come back. And, and by the time they come back, 
everybody is basically gone. Well, on this radio station, we've got something even better than a newscast at the top there. We don't have no newscast because we don't have any news department. We only have those long, insipid, tune-out sports updates over and over with that melodramatic music in the background that goes on and on and on. We only have those. But what we do have is we have these long commercial breaks. And, of course, when you, you know, add the rejoin and the fact that the live spots generally run a little bit more than a minute, and with some of the copy that we get, like a minute and a half, you're talking about interruptions four times an hour on this show that are almost a whole newscast, very close to it. And so what George discovered last week, and I'm, you know, I, I don't say I'm glad from a sadistic standpoint, but at least misery loves company, and you got to discover that even when you're giving stuff away in this freeloading town, they still won't hang on. Because as soon as you go into the break, that little light bulb goes off in her head. Oh, my God, it's another newscast. It's another five minutes before we finally ever get back. And, of course, when you take the four minutes of spots and the 15 seconds or 20 seconds of rejoin, and then we play a, a comedy bit here, which I'm certainly not going to eliminate those from the show, that could run like a minute and a half. There's six minutes four times an hour. Do you see what I'm saying? And so for the last several months since we've had this epidemic of uh, nonstop spots on this radio show and on the whole radio station, you work yourself to a frenzy to try to motivate people to get off their ass, get on the phone, and then when you look over and you see finally like they are now, most of them are lit up, and then as soon as you go into a goddamn break, bingo, you sit there and you watch them uh, drop off like flies, like flies off a pile. That's right. Here's a mobile in Miami. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Neil? Okay, sir. All right, I want to comment on uh, the banking system. Yes. You know, I want to deposit a check that was made out to me from my aunt in the ATM. Two days later, they sent me back a check, uh, insufficient funds. I had an overdraft. The check was not even her check. It was a check that was uh, apparently a temporary check from someone that opened up an account. didn't have any account name on it. So I went into the bank and I asked him, well, how did you come to the notion that this was my check? Well, we wrote your account number on it. Apparently, the teller, uh, you know, sent you this check back. So come to find out, when I go to Planners Union Bank, or Union Planners, whatever the name is, and I asked for the check that my aunt wrote me, oh, sure, we have it here. And she, they cashed it. Uh, you know, it's made out to you, and they cashed it. I say, well, can I see a back of the check to see, you know, did the bank actually stamp it? Oh, that's going to cost you five bucks. Five bucks for what?